Hey, welcome to my podcast, Real Talk with Liza. This is a podcast that keeps it real. None of the interviews have been edited. Guests have no knowledge of questions beforehand. And everything is 100 recorded as is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Real Talk with your host, Liza. All right, welcome to my podcast, Real Talk with Liza. I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, because it's something that I'm really interested in and I've been following you. And so today's episode is the RV life. And I have a special guest here that I'm really excited to share this episode with. And so if you don't mind, can you just um, introduce yourself, your name, your profession and a hobby that you're, you're doing right now or one that you would like to start? Awesome. So I'm Gayla Mead and I am a wife and a mother of three kids. We have two boys and a daughter. They're 14, 12, and 10. And ever since they got sent home from school, March of 2019, um, and I was kind of forced into being a homeschool mom since we lived in Los Angeles, we continued that with road schooling, being on the road. So we are tight. To say we're tight is an understatement because we just really have not been apart the last three years. But well, I guess like almost four. That's so crazy. Um, but I'm a health coach from home. I mentor coaches. I also help clients. And um, a hobby is learning how to live normal life again. <laughs> I is setting up utilities all day. I'm like, oh, I forgot what all these phone calls and I need to be my own secretary. But that's not really much of a hobby. But just looking at the last five states that we haven't reached yet and trying to figure out how we can fit those vacations in now that we're back in the hustle of normal life where it's harder to vacation. Well, thanks for sharing that. And just, just so people know you, um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but you're just now you you guys just took a pause or you stopped with the RV life for just right now. Is that what it was? So we, we are no longer full timing with our RV, but we do still have our RV and we'll go out on trips, just, just not as our main home. We now have a home plus an RV. And, this, <laughs> and just so people who are listening, like this is really recent, like it just happened, right? <laughs> so it's not like you've been doing this. Like you said, you're picking up a new hobby of utilities, which just hearing you say that I, it's. It's just kind of, it's cute to me because you tend to forget you really, there's so much that goes into setting this up, right? Just coming back to a house. Yeah. Yeah. We just moved in our house Saturday Oh my gosh. and today is Wednesday. So we didn't even know we had the house till Saturday morning and then moved in over the weekend and yeah, crazy town. Congrats. Congrats. Thanks. And so I um, also on your, so you're, you were homeschooling. Is that right? we were we call it road schooling you know people, <laughs> I like who, people who RV and take their kids out we like to think we're road schoolers like not just regular homeschoolers yeah. <laughs> but we actually see the history sites I, I like that I, I used to homeschool my kids too so I actually I, I really loved I was scared at first but um I feel like with like with me and my kids, how it worked is I just felt like they changed so much. So for whatever worked at the time for them. So I've done homeschool, charter, pub, it's just whatever that child needs for the time. I went with it and I really enjoyed it. Like I I do not regret the time that I spent with my kids and and they honestly they learned so much from moms. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. amazing that you did that. And I bet you're and, and being on the road, I can only imagine how how nice that would be because it's one thing like when I was teaching at home, but it would be really fun if I would have the opportunity to take my kids on the road. So kudos to you. That was really that's thank cool. you. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're just going to jump in. I have a series of questions for you. And I just, again, like I've been wanting to buy an RV. We went RV shopping. We're so scared to pull the trigger. <laughs> like we're, We want it so bad. <clears throat> like we really want one. And I, I get so lost between looking at the new ones, looking at the ones online, you know, it's overwhelming. Obviously, you know, you know that. But for me, I, I find it so fascinating. Like I follow a bunch of people on Instagram who, who are, have the RV life. 
And I, I just, I love it. Like I, I love what they're doing and I love the movement. So when did like, so what year did you start this RV life? And can you tell us how many people like in your family were in the RV? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started this dream back in 2016. Um, we met friends who had done it and it just connected with my heart because I always had this dream of showing my kids all 50 states before my oldest graduated high school. And I think that just came from a place. Um, I was born in North Carolina, but grew up mostly in California. And the only place we ever went every summer was Idaho <laughs> to see all our relatives. And I love my family. Um, but I just felt this crazy itch. I couldn't understand why other people got to see other places. And we always just went to Idaho every single summer. And so I think I became a little bit of an extremist and, and just thinking, I want to show my kids our entire country, all 50 states, but, but really just more of a selfish dream for myself. Um, and my husband was like, oh, that's cute. You know, and he'd just kind of be like, yeah. And we ended up renting an RV for a 10 day trip and we saw a few states um, and it was super fun and the kids loved it, but still my husband was like, nah, like, seriously, that's weird. You know, like, I don't know, that sounds cool, but that's a bit much. And so the kids got sent home from school. We were in Los Angeles and my husband was a nursing home administrator and we were just in the heat of COVID. Um, his building had two different outbreaks of over a hundred people, people he knew and worked with died. I mean, we, we personally knew people who passed away being on the medical side, helping people. The kids got sent home. I was super overwhelmed because um, it was first, third and fifth grade. And, you know, they don't like zoom. It just like didn't work at all. And so we, my kids, um, Honestly, life had just been so interrupted that it was like, if we're going to do it, this is the time because everything just got canceled. You know, we wouldn't be the bad guys pulling the kids out. So when we started the trip, the kids were 10, um, sorry, 8, 10 and 12 or a little bit below that. Like they all kind of rotate <laughs> into a new year around the same time. But um, we, we just initially stayed in one spot for four months just to try to kind of figure it out, like how the slides work, how the water works, you know, and those simple things. And well, was it, was it simple? I guess does, <laughs> I know it's simple, right? Like what to hear, but is, I mean, trying to figure out just how the water works. I mean, that's a process, right? It is, it is. And if you've watched that movie RV, he says RV stands for ruins vacations. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so there's, there's definitely more to it than I initially thought. I mean, it's a whole big house that operates in a really different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So YouTube is your best friend and everyone became a little more handy than they would have considered themselves before because you need to be. I would think so. I would think you'd have to. Um, did you, so besides the 10 day road trip that you guys took with the RV, had you ever owned one before or or operated one before you jumped into the RV life? No, not at all. And we actually, when we bought our RV, like everybody was buying an RV because it was COVID. And that was like the only thing you could do is go out camping. And so yeah. we went for a class A, which is like the big one, the bus, because we oh. thought it better be big enough for everyone to have a little private space or we're all going to go nuts. And so when we were driving off the lot, my husband looked at me and he said, is anybody worried that I have never driven one of these and nobody taught me how uh, we need to drive all the way from Louisiana back to Los Angeles, California. Like this is a 1700 mile trip. And we just started laughing and said, here we go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what though? That's so real because I, I I'm glad you mentioned that because those who are interested, because, you know, I, I do hear from friends or see them post or whatever that they want to do it, but that's such a real thing that a lot of them don't, they've never drove one. So some would feel intimidated to even try, like that might be the one thing that shies them away. I love that your husband just went for it anyways. <laughs> 
and just like jumped in i mean did he have to have like a certain license to do that or is it just a regular regular license no it's just a regular license and we didn't even have anyone teach us how to go around the block or <laughs> it was it was pretty wild in louisiana the roads are horrible like just lots of potholes but as soon as we crossed into texas that kind of mellowed out but we just looked at each other and we said oh my gosh we have 1700 miles of this and then we hit texas where their tax dollars must go to the right places but i yeah. i <laughs> I love that you guys did that because your personality is kind of like mine like if I'm gonna do it just just kind of jump in and go for it but I struggled just driving my husband's truck <laughs> so like, you know what I mean even trying to find a place to park it and so I that I can't believe how you know that might be trying to park a, a big old RV so how fun so when when you guys originally went, so when you got the RV, did you already decide you're going full-time or was this just, let's get the RV first and see, like, what were your thoughts? Oh, good question. So we have been researching RVs for almost three years and we were like you, we were okay. like, what does class A mean? What does class B mean? You know, all these different classes and do we want to buy a big truck and attach something or do we want to just be able to go? And I don't know that there's any right or wrong answer. Um, but we had decided since our goal was to really go through the country fast is we just wanted the class A where it all was connected and we didn't own a truck. So we didn't want to have to buy a truck because uh -huh. we already had a Jeep that we could connect on the back. So we knew we wanted a class A. We really pinpointed the floor plan that we wanted. And once we found it in Louisiana, we just, we just took off and got it. But my husband was still working full time. And so it was a very incremental. We bought it in July and our plan was to leave by the next summer, which I know sounds kind of long, but we had watched a lot of Facebook groups and people who had just jumped in and took off like the next week tended to have problems and not really knowing how to work their RV and just the stressful stories we had read. We thought, let's just like figure this out for a minute. So my husband quit his job in LA in December and then actually took an interim job because we didn't want to start in winter. We wanted to start in summer. Mm -hmm. um, so we sat stationary for four months, which was really helpful because the gas line got yeah. tangled up one day in the slide and then the oven stopped working in the stove. And, you know, we just were able to figure out some little things. Um, Honestly, our 14-year-old who was 12 at the time, he just really has a mechanical mind. Um, he has fixed so many things. And just, just having that unified goal as a family that every time something breaks or doesn't work, yeah. kind of fun. We all have just worked on this project together and exactly. swear together and laugh together and, you know, yeah. <laughs> have a good time. So, that's so cool. Um, I bet that I bet that opened so many opportunities for your son. If he was already that type of child, I bet this just opened the door wide for him to, to be able to fix a lot of things. And not only that, but like you said, I love that you said, when you have problems, you, you can't just walk away from them. You know what I mean? Like you need to address them, even if they seem impossible, you never, I guess you never know what you can do until you're put in a situation like this to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes everybody was excited to do it. And other times it was like, crap, I don't, I don't know how to fix a motor on the stairs or, you know, it just, just those moments. I mean, luckily we didn't have a lot of issues, overall issues with the RV, but we did when we were in Wisconsin, our stairs would not retract. And that was really stressful and and we had planned our trip so quickly and you can't drive an rv with the stairs poking out yeah. um so little things like that just require a lot of patience and deep breathing and helping you find the right rv mechanic um as you're just a travel through kind of person oh my gosh that yes that's so true i mean even just the thought of like even the waiting time of just trying you're living in the rv so it's, it's something you still have to work through even because you're living there and just kind of figure out how to kind of jump in and jump out that, I mean, that, that is stressful, you know, that does, 
it, it it's a little thing but it could take it could knock everything out if you let it <laughs> so yeah goodness. so question um do you guys like driving have you always liked to drive like what happens during the travel time so we we actually we do have a jeep and we ended up never towing it so i they call it why can't i think of the term but the my husband would drive the RV with our 14 year old in the front. And then I would drive the Jeep behind. And we personally just made that decision because Jeeps have what's called the death roll. Um, and again, just depending on the state, like some states roads are really horrible at just with potholes. And so the Jeep can rattle and I know a lot of people do it. So I don't want to discourage anybody from doing that because a lot of people do it and they're fine. But for us and our comfort level, we just felt like this is our family and these are our lives. Um, and we didn't want to risk the Jeep hitting that death roll because it can flip the RV. That's absolutely worst case oh. scenario. And we just were moving through so many states so quickly. So especially like the Northeast states where they get a lot of snow and harsh weather. Um, it really just depends on how well the state keeps up their roads. And yeah, sometimes it's even by County. Um, so we drove separately. I actually wasn't even a pastor in the RV most of the time until we were stationary. So oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, and one of the things that I, I kind of learned from that RV life is you got to do what's best for you. Like it, because one person does it one way, the other mm -hmm. person does it the other way. And there's so many different types of RVers, right? That like they they do things their own way. So I, I agree with you. You just got to do what's best. I don't really think there's a wrong or right way. It's whatever your judgment is. That's what you should do. But I didn't know that's what you did. Yeah. So, I mean, that shows how dedicated you guys were because you didn't stop, <laughs> right? You kept going. So you're putting miles on the Jeep and on the RV. I, I'm a Jeep owner. I love my Jeep. So I can't imagine just traveling the world, like just the nation in the Jeep. That'd be so fun. <laughs> in the family car, the new minivan. Yeah. Yeah. Between the two. So question, how did you guys live? Did you save up money and then decide to do this? Or were you guys working while you were traveling? So I was working and with what I do as a health coach and mentoring other coaches, my clients and coaches are actually all over the U S. And so my dream with that, I, I just have passion with what I do. And my dream was, you know, I just want to create something that if my husband's job ever hits a spot where he just says, I can't go in one more day. Mm -hmm even though he was very, very happy at the time, I just wanted to have the power to be able to say, honey, quit. I got us. Let's go. Let's go. And who knew COVID would happen. And, and my husband was really, really sick for five weeks. And to be honest, we weren't totally sure he was going to recover. Um, and he had nine colleagues who didn't make it. And so it was just a very real possibility to us that we might lose him and so when he recovered he he had five long weeks of deep sickness to really think about life and that was when he looked at me and said if you're serious and you want to do this I'm game and so we were able to really pay some things off um but I always had an income coming in and Honestly, I got to meet in person a lot of my clients and coaches that live. Oh, that's cool. I had a client in New Jersey. I had always promised, I am going to come meet you. And I got to go to lunch with her and her husband and, you know, just snapping pictures with all these people I've talked with, I've Zoomed with, I've talked on the phone and we hugged and we hiked and, you know, we did all kinds of things together. But, you know, some people think this lifestyle is cheaper. Um <laughs> It is if you sit still, if you just buy a camper and you go stay at a park right down the street and you just stick with regular life, I think you can save money that way. Um, for me personally, I was not going to travel through the whole world and just sit in an RV park. I wanted to go see places. I wanted to go to museums, to baseball games, um, amusement parks. 
So, you know, as far as cost wise, if you're thinking, oh, we'll save a bunch of money. Not necessarily. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I met anybody that was like saving money and stocking it away unless they bought like a really tiny camper and just stuck in one spot versus a house. Um, that was but one that, of my questions was like, yeah. was because you're right. I, a lot, like I was like, they must be saving a lot, but I also thought about what you were saying, but because I'm not that kind of person either. I can't just go out and just camp and that's it like i i came for the fun <laughs> so like to hear you share that i'm really glad you did because it will kind of just give some people a reality check if they do think get in the rv we don't have to pay for anything i guess that depends if you don't want to do anything right it's it's just if you want to camp all the time which is fine to do if somebody wants to do that but if you plan on visiting places and and when i take my kids even getting like you know souvenirs <laughs> even just picking up something it's it all costs <laughs> so I'm sure it, you know those add up really fast especially when you're traveling through and you're and you're not like a resident there so yeah I'm glad you kind of shared that because I was going to ask you um what did you save a bunch of money doing it but it sounds like you answered it you're more just you're well I guess were you aware that was going to happen or was that more something you learned when you got out on the road? I was because I know my personality. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, there are some people who go on the road and they're incredibly frugal. I mean, they, they do a different kind of trip, right? So, so this is my experience of my personality, but, but my personality is we're probably never going to make it here again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to a Red Sox game. I want to go to Fenway Park. I want to go on the Freedom Trail. I want to go on a ghost tour. Um, my poor husband, right? Because some days he's like, Gala, I can't be on an epic vacation like every single day of my life. You know, like we need to have a sick day. We need to like do the laundry, you know? And my personality is like, Why? let's keep everybody up. And what else can we fit in? Yes. Cause we're never going to come back, but oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. We're the same. I'm the same way. Like if you're going to go live it up, like enjoy it, visit places. That's hilarious. I, I love that. So was there planning involved on in, I'm, I'm really curious. Cause I feel, I'm not sure. Do you really sit there and plan everywhere you're going to go? Or is it, do you sometimes just go off a whim? I mean, what was your, what was your journey like? And again, that really depends on your personality. Um, for us, we knew we didn't want to do this forever. So that was our attitude. Some people go into this lifestyle, um, actually met a man at the end of our trip telling him we were going to come back to normal life. And he said, wow, most people see that as a failure. How do you view it? And, you know, I just chuckled. Yeah. Um because we all go in with very different goals and views of these kind of things. But for us, it was more of like a bucket list. Like how quickly can we do this? And then there's also things we like about regular life. Um, so I just want to clarify like what our view yeah. going into it was. And so we were, how quick can we go? How many places can we see? How many seasons can we experience in the peak places? Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? I totally got sidetracked. No, no. Well, what you're saying, I guess I have another question too. Did you, did you know when you were going to end then? If you said that no. you, you didn't, we didn't, we didn't. And we really went into it with, okay, we're not going to do this forever, Yeah. but we're, as long as everybody's happy and needs are being met and we're still enjoying this we'll keep going. And, you know, my husband kind of got an itch to go back to work. I know that sounds ridiculous. If you're no. stuck in the work grind right now, you know, that's fine. I think that's fine. I, you did answer my question. Cause I was asking you more, like if you guys had to plan it, but what I love that you're sharing is there, what I feel like you're sharing so that, you know, others can understand is you, it's, it's really up to you and, and what you're wanting to not just kind of go off of the, you know, what everybody else has planned or how they do things. You really got to figure out what's best for you and your, your lifestyle and your family and, and just kind of take it 
just little by little and, and fill it out right and yeah yeah and some people they think if you stay in any one spot less than three weeks like that's ridiculous like <laughs> you just didn't even stay and enjoy it and I don't think we stayed anywhere for three weeks until several months into our trip because we we just were moving kind of at breakneck speed because the Northeast kicks you out for winter. They don't even allow RVs after October oh, really? 15th. And so you, the Northeast is really a summer vacation spot. You got to hurry and get the heck out of there if you're in an RV because the RV parks, a lot of them are just not even open because they don't want to risk you hitting bad weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for us, we, we would get really tired though. When we did the Northeast, I mean, we were hitting a new state and place like every four days. And, you know, when you're trying to get education in for your kids and I'm trying to work, it does get a little crazy at times. Like everybody gets really burnt out. We're staying up till midnight and one and trying to wake up and be like, come on, let's do math and English and hurry up so we can go out and yeah. <laughs> go see this hiking trail. So is, I mean, do you kind of lose track of time in a way? Time and days? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you're switching time zones and yeah. that's really confusing. That's true. You're switching time zones. So, um, and sorry, we just, I just have a bunch of questions. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> let me know if you have a question for me, but um, one of the questions I had is, did you, okay, you mentioned you only had the one, oh, you mentioned one issue, but did you, did you run into a lot of things breaking down along the way? Cause you were, you were traveling for, was it three to four years? How, like what was, two. oh, two years. So yes. did you have a lot of things break down besides the stairs that you had to address? So that is a great question. Um, we bought a 2018 RV and something that's interesting is people we met on the road who bought their RVs brand new post COVID had way more issues than us being a 2018. And it's very interesting. And it's a topic that's brought up a lot in these Facebook groups. Um, but just with people not working and I don't know if it's a side effect of the really talented people saying I'm done, I quit, or I, I'm not sure what it is, but we met a man that had a 2020 class A and he was driving on the freeway and his slide just started to open. Oh, and wow. I mean, that just freaked me out yeah. thinking about that happening because we never had anything like that. But I think being a little bit older, I mean, it's not even older. 2018 is new to me at least, uh -huh. um, <clears throat> but that ended up being a blessing that we were just, a, we were right before COVID. And so our RV is really quality. We did have an issue with the stairs. And right after that, the lock on our door didn't work. And in a class A, you only have one door. Um, that was, that was pretty interesting. And luckily we had a really nice maintenance guy at our RV park that just helped us hammer at this thing and destroy it so we could get a new one. But <laughs> yeah. mechanically, we never had an issue. We didn't have an issue with our tires or anything like that's that. Cool. So that's so cool. Like, I mean, I think those are things that people worry about, right? I'm actually not surprised though with the with the 2018 model because my husband he does auto body and he does some mechanics and like I've learned a lot through him and the cars he works on that the older ones they're built different they, they are built different and there there's more replacement it's easier to find replace replacements for it where the new ones um well not just replacements for it but it's also easier to fix and and easier to manage where the newer ones you kind of have to just replace the whole thing um, which becomes so much money. And so I'm glad to know that's kind of the whole industry now that it's also in the RVs too. I didn't know that, but that's what it sounds like. And he's worked on a few RVs um, that I'm glad you shared that because I think you're right. 
it's I would probably want to get an older one too, um, just because it might be easier to work through. Plus, other people would have that model, and you, there's more information out there. I think resources to kind of share of how to fix it. So that's awesome, and I'm I'm really happy that you didn't have a lot of problems. That's cool. Me too. Me too. Because, you know, when you get out there, like we met families who were like, Hey, we were full-timing and on the road. And then we had major issues and had to either go back to the house that they had left, or they were renting a friend's camper. And, um, I mean, that, that is, that's the risky part of it being your house yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus a recreation vehicle, because we sold everything before we left. So we didn't, we wouldn't even have a house to go back to. We would need to park it with family or in an Airbnb or something if we had had a situation like that. But do you plan for a situation like that? Like, were you ready if something did happen or you're just going to deal with it when it came? Luna <laughs> Matata, right? I don't know. We would have <laughs> we would have figured it out, but I don't know. I never let my mind go there because if your mind goes into all the what ifs, you know, you'll never do anything in the sure. first place, but we just knew we would figure it out if we needed to, but luckily it happened. You know, we didn't, but I want to hear what kind of RV or camper you're looking at. What have you guys considered? Right now, um, I'm really interested in the Geo Pro. I think, have you heard of that one? We're, we're thinking more of the towable one. Like yeah. I want something to kind of just connect to my Jeep and tow. And so I guess I have to have a certain weight and we're still learning about that because they keep reminding me whatever you put in there adds to the weight. So yes. we're not we're not sure yet like how that works, but I really like I think it's by Forest Hill. I, I could be wrong, but they're GL pros. They're more like off-roading campers. Um mm. and that's what I'm looking at right now. But I, I don't know. Well, I'll see. I'm also open to whatever I find online too. So yeah. We're still we're still debating, but we we definitely want to do it and I I was thinking of renting one like you mentioned earlier just to kind of try a test on it so it's a good idea yeah so with your with your RV um was it hard with temperature like did you guys find issues with being too hot or being too cold or anything that because that does matter right like I I feel like that even at a hotel <laughs> so <laughs> how was that with the RV yeah so you know, there's, you're, you're definitely chasing good weather all the time, right? That's the beauty of it is you're yeah. trying to always stick in 70 degrees, or at least we were, that was always the goal. But, you know, in winter time, everybody goes to Florida, Texas, or Arizona, or California, if you can, you know, some of these states are harder to get into. But, you know, what people consider warmer states, um, I thought Texas was pretty darn cold in the winter, to be honest. Um, we worried about our pipes freezing. We'd have to keep the water dripping. Um, luckily we had, we have a propane heater as well as we bought plug-in electric heaters. We stayed at campgrounds. I know some people, they love to boondock and really go out with nature and have the whole experience. And, and we definitely could have more because we had a generator and the class A is very, very sustainable, but Honestly, we personally don't find a ton of joy in that. We love being all the way plugged in and having as much electricity and water as we wanted. Yeah. Um, Which is good. But it's good. It's good. Yeah. You never want to be too hot because whatever the temperature is outside, you can only get down 15 to 20 degrees lower in the RV. So you are, even though we have two air conditioners, you're, you're limited with how much cooler it can get. And it depends if you're staying at a park, it depends if they're 30 amp or 50 amp, you know, how much electricity they're giving you and what your camper or trailer or RV can handle. If there's one unit or two units or no units. A different thinking, huh? You have to think about it wherever you go. There's a lot of thinking that goes into it. Like what you're talking about with the amps and everything. Yeah. Did you find your kids thinking about that too? The, as time went on or yeah. Oh yeah. You're always thinking about the gray tank, which is the water. Uh -huh. And you're always thinking about the black tank, which <laughs> is the sewage, right? You, you can never go too long where you can't drain those with five people in there. You know, we fill everything up pretty quickly. 
that was actually a question. So how often are you changing that? So we personally stayed at parks. I mean, we, you can go two to three days. Um, again, it depends on the size of your yeah. camper and the size of your storage, but you know, five people in one bathroom and Hey, sometimes we're just out in nature and not showering as much as we should. Cause we're out swimming or <laughs> doing other things, which helps if we need it to, but yeah. So were the camps just kind of more convenient to help dispose of those things or to have those things, it made it a lot easier. If if, if you're an RV or like what you're seeing you, where you like the electricity, you like all the, the hookups, camp, the campsites would be easier to go to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, again, it's really different when you're living full time or you're a weekend warrior, you know, what you're looking to do. Yeah. But for us, since we knew we were going to live in it full time, we actually bought a pass to thousand trails there there's a few others that are like this but they have parks all throughout the u.s and you pay a membership so we paid a large sum of money at the beginning but but then it felt like we were camping for free the entire time because we could stay at parks up to three weeks at a time before moving to the next and so you know you just kind of map out most of their parks are on the coast on both sides and then down in texas but not a lot in the middle yeah of the country so we ended up Michigan we had to pay for our own parks um but you just kind of hurry through the middle and then you just really sit in those parks that are in all the places you want to see cool cool so my daughter asked me a question to ask you <laughs> she wanted to know if you, and if you know this about your I guess your oldest or, or any of them actually any of the children what were some of the lessons that they learned from the education stance of it? So like the schooling part, is there like any lesson mm -hmm. that you noticed that they learned the most out, out of the, the RVing? Such a great question. We, uh, we visited a lot of battle sites. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reenactments, um, my love for George Washington is a bit ridiculous from the trip. Um, you know, just going to his birthplace, hearing someone give you a tour and, and just telling the real raw story. And, and I think sometimes in school, we, we really get slated by opinions of our teachers, whatever they are, whether they're pro-American or super against, you know, our founding fathers. I think we hear a mix of both. Um, but it was just really interesting just to hear facts, um, you know, visit plantations and how people were treated and how things shifted and, and just the complex ideas. I, I think something major my kids took away was how many of the founding fathers wanted to abolish slavery before that actually happened in America and just where their hearts were. Um, they didn't love it. And George Washington was given slaves and he said, you know, when I pass away, set everybody free, but he also had 551 acres that he needed help, you know, taking control of, but, but just the sacrifices, you know, being at that house and talking about his wife, how lonely she was and how hard it was on her that her husband, George Washington was the president for so long and was never home. And, you know, just those true sacrifices that you just, they, they're more like real people. And it's like, because there's God. a place attached to it, right? Like they have to actually, yeah. I think that's the thing about history that I, you can't say people try to take it away. But the thing is, if you take your kids out, like you're, like you did, if you, if you go out and actually see historic places, you have to face there's history there instead of just, you know, being a warrior behind the computer or <laughs> from my house there, there's a huge difference between, okay, I, you know, you can think one way, but when you actually have to go visit place and learn the historic, the historical behind it, the history behind it, you, you have to go there. Like you, you just kind of have to go there and you, you also get that freedom, you know, the freedom in your own mind to think it out yourself and not allow too much to bombard what you're feeling when you're there and what you're thinking like it's it's going to be like you said there's going to be facts and then you have to decide how you connect to it so i 
I really like that you're saying that because when I go visit places, that's how I feel. Like you're on the land, you're connecting, um, and you have to kind of face whatever history goes with it and, and, and learn from it. And so that's cool. That's really cool that you had that opportunity to be able to, to do that with your family. And I'm sure lots of conversations came up from that, right? I'm sure when you get back into the RV or when you're driving, you ha- you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were studying history and we follow the good and beautiful curriculum, which I just absolutely love. But we were doing U.S. history and we did a constitution class and we're not smart enough to plan everything to totally line up. But honestly, it lined up so many times where we would be talking about Liberty Bell or what happened in, in Philadelphia. And, you know, we would go visit where George Washington ended his second term and said, I'm done with my service. And, you know, being in the building and there wasn't a dry eye in the room because how people loved him as a leader and a president and they, they didn't want him to stop being president. And it just, it makes it very human and very, um, just, just powerful to the point where you just, you feel all the feels and you think, America never should have won. And it's just crazy what America, I love America, if you can't tell, but I I, ne- I never understood history and I still have a long ways to go, but I think it just made it so much more human of what these early, I mean, obviously there were all kinds of battles in America and we view it differently as what was good and what was bad, but none of it was easy. And, and the sacrifices these individual families made and these individual men and the harsh circumstances of, it, it was just so hard. Like what I think is hard now, I'm like, I'm never worried about what I'm going to eat or if I'm going to freeze to death. Right. I mean, like, yeah. and I don't have a family that I don't know if I'm ever going to see again, or I've been gone for six years yeah. without even seeing them. But it was, It was really moving to just read the stories and talk about how U.S. government is set up and why it's set up that way, and then to visit these buildings, um, or at least how it should run. You know, I I think our politics are nutty these days, and we don't need to go there, but, you know, how it was, how it was set up for the people and, and for the different ways that people should be running things. You know, it, it was very genius and deep and profound for such a young nation. I feel like, well, one, I'll probably go there in the politics in another episode. <laughs> Save that for someone else. Don't that, bring me That will be a scary one, <laughs> but I'll still probably do it. But um, two, what I'm, what I'm getting from your, like the vibe I'm getting from you that I think I totally missed um, when it comes to people that RV and, and travel is you guys like really do, especially in, in the United States, you, you really do love history. Like you, there's, I totally missed that. Like, I, I know that was part of it, but you would have to, right? Like what you would have to, if you're going to go from one point to another point, like, you know, there's some people that just visit with their families in another state, but when you're taking on the roads and you're taking on the nation, you, you would really have to have some kind of love and passion to really understand your country and to travel it and to learn about it and I I'm getting that from you and I'm realizing that's probably all of them in the RV world really is there's like a there's a love and a passion for the place that they're traveling right they're going to learn along the way from each state but there's a true like you're patriotic like there's a true love inside that's allowing you to make those trips and, and especially with you guys where you're traveling in two, you know, you're traveling in your Jeep and in your RV and you're going with your family. And like, I just, I love learning that um, about you and about people that take on the roads. That's really cool. So awesome. So awesome. So my husband, he had a question, his, I don't know why he had this question, but it is interesting. He's like, <laughs> what's the sketchiest moment you've had? <laughs> I'm like what I'm sure there's a couple but are there sketchy moments do you feel for sure for (laughs) sure oh my gosh okay so we had just started and we were driving through Minnesota and um you know I was following my husband and your heart kind of races I 
I see every bump or I feel like it's going this way or that way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are they okay? And are we going to really live through all this? Cause this is just so different than anything we've done. And we were in Minnesota, just driving on a two lane um, highway. And all of a sudden Tom swerves with the RV into the left lane. And I am honking like a mad woman. And I'm like, can't he see there's a car there? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, these people are going to die. And luckily this car saw them and like totally slammed on their brakes and swerved to the left. And, um, and then I drive up and there's this woman in dark sunglasses walking on the yellow dotted line in the middle of the two lanes on this freeway. And we don't know why or what she was doing. I mean, our, our best guess is that she was heavily medicated and not okay, but she was in her sixties and there was a parked car that was on the side of the freeway, but she was walking down the dotted yellow line between two lanes of people who are going over 70. And my husband said, you know, in, in all your driver's ed courses and all your training, you're always taught, okay, if an animal comes out, hit the animal or, yeah. you know, don't put other people in danger, like just hit head on whatever the smaller thing is. But he said, nobody tells you what to do when it's a human. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? And you have like no reaction time and you're this huge thing that can't just slam on your brakes. And so we, we had to pull over cause we both were very rattled. Um, that was at the beginning of our trip and we thought, oh my gosh, is this normal? Is Minnesota like this? Um, and we felt very, very blessed and protected. And, and we actually had that a second time in Mississippi where we were driving on the freeway and there just really wasn't a shoulder. It was like a bridge. And um, I actually, I didn't see that. See, cause I can't see as much. I'm behind in the Jeep. Yeah, so when yeah. Tom's doing crazy things, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Are you falling asleep or someone talked to him? And so he did a similar thing. There weren't other cars, thank goodness. Like it was just us on that highway, but this man was walking barefoot. Just, I don't know why you would walk barefoot on a freeway, but maybe there just aren't as many cars in that area, but there was no shoulder. And so he, he jumped. I mean, my husband said, oh my gosh, I didn't know if he was trying to commit suicide or if he was as shocked to see me as I was to see him, but he jumped over off the side of the bridge, just half his body. And then he yanked himself up. So he wasn't committing suicide, thank heavens, but just such a near miss. And so you never think you're going to see a human walking on the freeway. Yeah, and yeah. I would say those were our sketchiest moments that really rattled us. Like, oh my gosh, I almost killed somebody. And you never think that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought you'd share that. I was like, <laughs> I was thinking something small. <laughs> so, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's interesting. And like you said, you're behind it and you're analyzing whatever I drive behind my husband. I'm analyzing everything he's doing too. I'm like, you know, because you're worried about them, but you never think it's a person. So, okay, well, I know we're getting closer to the time, but let me ask you just a couple more questions. Can you name three, three highs and three lows? Oh, so good. Okay. High number one, uh, going to Mackinac Island in Michigan. That was a big dream of mine. It's, it's an island that has no cars, um, just horses and bikes. Uh -huh. And um, I absolutely pretty. love it. Huh? Sounds pretty. So pretty on Lake Huron and that's where Gone with the Wind was filmed. Oh, so they have yeah. the big grand hotel with the ridiculous porch and my family, we had a tandem bike for our youngest and my husband went with her. We all rode bikes eight miles around the island. It, it felt like Sound of Music where they're all just riding bikes and they keep pulling over mm -hmm. and we'd just go jump in the lake and then we'd hop back on the bikes and find another spot of the lake where we wanted to pull over and jump in the beautiful water. Um, I could just do that forever. That was one of the best days. Another high was being in Maine for the peak of fall foliage. Um, I had never seen leaves that red and that orange and that yellow. Um, I really wanted to You've see a moose. You've been in Utah, right? Even, have. even compared to the Utah fall, is it? 
really bright colors. It is. It is. It's it's just really, really spectacular. And because we're not on traditional school, we were able to just make our drive. We kept tracking when is it the peak fall foliage, which was the middle of October that year. Um, you know, I'm being up in Vermont. It just yeah. was awesome. But oh gosh, a third New York City. I had never been there. And just to be able to stay at a hotel right there in Times Square and just walking all around and go to a Broadway show with my son and, um, you know, be in the DC area and see all the monuments and all that good stuff. But those are like place highs, I, I think as an emotional high, just being able to be with our kids 24 seven, both my husband and I was just a really special stage in life, especially as they're going into high school and into harder years. We'll never forget those years. Where where did you park with the New York one? I've been in New York several times. I'm, how did that? I've never seen an RV. So how does that work? No, no, no. So that, thank heavens. That's why you have a Jeep or a smaller car. So we were at a park about an hour and a half outside of New York. And so, you know, you got to, you got to play the games because they don't like you to leave it there yeah. overnight. You're not there. So, you know, you, you get timers and you have your lights flip on and Everything. off. And luckily... Yeah, it's like home alone where you're like setting props up to make it look like people are there. But I love it. We, <laughs> uh, luckily, we were in the back. We're like, oh, this is so great. We're like far enough in the back. No one's going to monitor and check and see if we're here. But yeah, we were able to stay at a hotel for four nights. Um, That's cool. So we did that too. We, we would do some hotel nights if the RV park was too far out from where we wanted to go. But yeah. That's, that's good you shared that with me because I was I was kind of curious. That's how I would like to travel too. So, and and also with the towable that I'm thinking of, I always get nervous that somebody could just put a hitch, put on a hitch and drive off with it. So <laughs> that's like, do a lot of people secure their RVs down or, or parks secure it better? No, that's a good question because, you know, you read stories and you have people who try to scare you about things. You know, I, I think it's just human nature. People tell you the worst story they've ever heard. You know, they don't mean to scare us, but we all have a tendency to do that. Honestly, every RV park we were in, I felt so safe. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. it it's kind of like you go back to 1980 and like everybody just has campers. And I just think Nobody looks like they have more money than the next person. I don't think anybody looks rich in an RV, right? Like you all just kind of look the same. And so I never once felt scared or shady in an RV park, quite the opposite. It felt like, okay, kids go ride your bikes and we'll see you in a couple hours. You know, it's, they're very well protected and maintained, at least where we stayed. I'm not going to say that for every RV park, but yeah, just very safe community it's it's a very tight community every you know you're you're dealing with people who like to travel and meet new people you're you're not you're not neighboring up with people who have never left their home their entire life and are very stuck in their world you're you are surrounded by people who thrive on meeting new people and the more places you've traveled or things you've done the more interesting you are um the better and people just live I had no idea there were so many Canadians that have all these migration cycles throughout the U.S. And so you meet all these Canadians who are surfing in Maine and then they're surfing in Florida and, you know, they're just going to all these different places and you have all these retired people who are half the year here and half the year there. And yeah. um, it's, it's neat to just learn all these different communities. And they're very well-traveled people. And some people are working. Some people are traveling nurses, traveling doctors. And, and that's why they do it. They're not, not everybody was recreationally doing it the way that we were. So it, you know, it's, you meet a young couple next to you who said, we just can't afford a house yet. And we know we want to go camping as a hobby. So this is what we bought first. We're going to pay it off and then buy a house so we can have both. And it's, just all these different ways of thinking that were not natural to me. These aren't things I ever thought about. <laughs> yeah. 
same no i agree with you and it's it's awesome that it's out there more for the younger generation to think about like i can't imagine what it's doing to your children's mind like it, it really it makes them not be limited because of the life they just lived there's so many opportunities for them and because you went out and did it it allows them to do whatever they want really right They're, they can go anywhere and they'll know how to kind of live and get by and and do what they want to do I, I love that they have that perspective that you guys offered them um that's important that that was honestly Liza like yes I wanted to see the country but for me the main thing I wanted our kids to learn dream about something and go after it, go after it. I can't tell you how many people I met. Oh, I was going to do that, but right. Like if I counted how many times I heard that and then the reason why they didn't, or we were going to wait for retirement and then my husband got cancer or, you know, after we almost lost my husband to COVID, it was like, who cares that we're in our mid forties we don't know how much time we have. I don't even know if I'll have this energy when I'm 65 or 70, but we have it now. And I, I always want my kids to not just hear me say the words, but they lived it and they saw it. And, you know, I love to travel. We lived in Tonga for a year. So we oh, I didn't know that that's awesome. We, we, in 2004, we lived over there for a year. We are going to take our kids. We got to wrap up America and then we're going to go to Tonga and go visit where mom and dad lived up in Vavau for a year. Oh, but that. That's so cool. I didn't know that. That's my, that's where my husband's family's from. Up in Vavau? Well, his part of his dad's family. Some of them were from there. So I never actually made it to that Island. I stayed more, my family was more on the main, but that's so cool that you, that you, you lived out there. I had no idea. I'm not surprised though. I'm sure you've been <laughs> a lot of places. So that's, that's awesome. Well, before I forget though, and I, I'm not trying to bring it back down, but what were three of the lows? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. They're, you know, um, gosh, how do you pinpoint the lows there? <laughs> yeah. There are, you know, I think for me, before we left, I just thought of it as epic vacation, epic vacation. And the reality is there's normal life things that you have to keep doing every day. Right. I mean, there's, you're going to have to do laundry at the laundromat and maybe none of the machines work and maybe they don't have a machine that converts it into quarters. And you're just like, I am at my wits end. I just need to wash my stinking clothes. And we're like out in the woods. Um, you know, not having conveniences, it was a low. I know that's a really general low. That's not like a specific time and place. Um, but other lows that can happen are emotions between family members. Um, there's definitely a lot of bonding going on, but private, private time by yourself or just with one person can be very challenging to get. And so my husband and I, you know, we've been married 22 years. And when you're together that much, um, this is how my husband put it. He said, most people don't deal with this stuff until retirement. Most people are able to live very separate lives within their marriage and within their kids being in the middle. And, and you can live separate lives even when you're physically in the same room or when you're physically eating dinner together, but everybody's going so many different directions. And so when you come together like that and everything is together, my husband and I, I, I will say this low became a really great blessing. We were blessed with time to really address things that we struggled with individually and as a couple. And um, I don't know that I was expecting that piece. I kind of thought it would just be all bliss and happy. Um, I would never trade. I would never trade what we have been able to work through and mature together um, and come to appreciate, appreciate about each other and our families. Um, Every marriage who's hit in 22 years and beyond has hit some rocky points. It's just some tough things. And if, if you can't admit that you're lying and you're probably not going to make it much longer, <laughs> but yeah. 
but we, we as a couple really, um, I don't know, I can honestly say our life now with my husband back at work, the way we communicate and operate as a family, it is night and day from before we left where I just felt like our lives were very, very separate. We all were committed to each other, but emotionally it just felt separate. And I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but it, no, everything you're saying makes sense because a, a word I like to use is grow instead of go. And it's, it's because you guys had to grow through it. Um, yeah. Not just go through it, but grow through it. I, I can only imagine I can only imagine the growth that had to have happened and like the conversations that really had to take place and, and all that to be able to grow through it um, and be where you're at. And I can only imagine now, like coming back into the house, like you're saying, it, that must be kind of crazy. I mean, it's a great thing, but then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you have all this time again, almost, right? <laughs> it's like this free time, like your, your time. I'm sure both, both situations are great, but yeah, I, I believe that would be night and day. Um, and I'm sure it strengthened you guys. And now you have your next adventure, right? Your new one coming back and, and with high school kids, I'm on my daughter, my youngest is a senior. So I'm almost out of the high school stage. And so bless your heart. You got this. Give me your highs and lows on that. <laughs> you get your RV life together. You're going to be just fine. I think. No, just kidding. You're going to be fine. But that's, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think the last question I have for you then is what are, I, I originally put, what are three tools you can't live without? But I think it's really just what are three things that you feel like from RVing that you just know you just have to have besides electricity and water. I, I'm thinking more just like either tools or an actual item. So what, what are three question? I, if you're going to move a lot, like do big trips, like what we did, I do think you need an automatic leveling system. Um, people we met who were manually doing it every time and like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I love that we could push a button and it was like automatic, bing, you know, automatic leveling system. Um, gosh, what else can you not live without? And this could be anything. Like, I think for me, my, my family would not live without our speaker, like our Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> so it can be anything you think of. So, yeah. Oh, uh, I think games. We, we love games. We still loved our electronics. You know what I mean? I'm not going to pretend we did this two years, like electronic free. We never <laughs> wanted PlayStation. No, we all wanted the internet and we all, and any RVer who's real with you will say, yes, the internet brings joy. You know, so if you're doing yeah. a long trip, don't fool yourself thinking you don't need the internet. You do. This is such an internet-based world. Um, Starlink is now available for campers, which is so nice. It was not when we first went out. And so we we really struggled with internet at different times and that gets kind of sad. I know that sounds ridiculous, but no, not for me. I, that's my, that's what I do for a job. I couldn't even, I mean, even just looking at my Google maps, right. I'm getting to a certain location. I, yes, internet's important. I do believe that. So yeah. And Crocs, you need Crocs. <laughs> I don't know. Wisconsin, everybody wore Crocs and I'm like, what on earth? Why have I never owned a pair of these? But Crocs are the best shoe ever. They they're waterproof. They also make you feel kind of warm and they're just quick and everybody wears Crocs out there. So if you don't have a pair of Crocs, go get them. Never knew that was going to be on the list, but I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> so random. I do not have a pair. So anyways, I just want to thank you for joining mm -hmm. and for sharing this information. And you really have made me, you know, want to look into it even more and and try to figure out what because I'm kind of in the planning stages like you I'm like you were before I'm looking at four plans I didn't I never thought that would be an issue before but I get it now like you do you do want a floor plan that's going to be a flow that you and your husband or your kids would want because that's where you're going to live 
Um, I don't plan on doing RVing full time, but even me just going on a weekend like that, I would need like I I need all the bells and whistles I can get. So floor plans important, but I appreciate you sharing a lot of things that I never thought about, um, and things that I did think about, and you confirmed them. So thank you so much. If anybody wants to follow you or or reach out to you for coaching, do you have any? Um, anything to provide them of how to contact you? I do. You can find me on Facebook. I'm friends with Liza. That's where I do the most. Um, my Instagram is Gala's Healthy Journey. I'm not the most active over there, but I do check it. I'm just really more of a Facebook girl. I really so am I. love it. I know it's so fun. It's it's our generation, but I I would love to help you. And it's, you know, it's mindset and the way that we think and not just food. It's so many other things, but I appreciate you asking me to come. This just was so fun. And we've thought about writing a book about the trip and this is inspiring me more to just do it and have the kids share their perspectives too. So thank yeah, you. You should. I, I think one thing that I really learned and loved about the podcast is how much knowledge people have from, from experience, either from like learning or from experience and I, I know I can't just go out and RV, you know, full time, but just being a bit, being able to talk to you and kind of just enter that world a little bit to understand what you did, it helps me gain more knowledge and perspective of life and just people, right? It, it shows you how many, how many different people are out there and what, and so many people are doing so many different things in the, in this world. So I, I really enjoy being able to have a podcast and meet people like you to, to, to learn more and to understand more about just life, <laughs> just, just like my podcast, real talk, just real talk, like just, just talk. And so I appreciate you joining and, um, those who are watching, stay tuned for the next one. It's not going to be politics yet. <laughs> that one I have to like build up to but yeah we'll have a good one coming up next so again thank you for joining this podcast with Liza with Real Talk thank you Gayla thanks Liza